Just as crazy and I don't know what to do So I made a podcast for me and for you Pizza sauce and daily digs Everybody loves a bitch Japanese girls and 80s bitch Rock and roll like Stevie Nicks Mafia, Zelda Blues Telling you what's wrong with school Bruno Dance and Dan Marino Talking shit on people we know Hockey fights and cracking beers Living life without no fear Oh my brain, what's inside? I don't like know the word of like weird Japanese shit. Turtles and hot pockets. If you don't like those, I don't want to be friends. So, my little barley boy, we've had him for a year. Got our dog a year ago yesterday. And we were just laughing how uh, he was so sweet. He came, I was like scared to touch him. I felt really bad about taking like a dog. I never experienced that. As a kid, when we got a dog. I don't think I was even really involved. It was more like my sister got the dog and they got him from like a pet store at the mall or whatever. So, you know, it was kind of like he was already just there. But this we went and, uh, you know, got a dog with like his siblings in a pen in a garage. That whole thing, you know, it was like a little Snoopy go to a farm type of deal. Not exactly, but you know what I mean? And it felt weird taking him from his siblings. Like it really messed me up. Like I almost couldn't do it like when we got in the car. Um, in addition to the, he smelled like an absolute barn. He smelled horrendous. They were like living on hay. You know what I mean? Like just probably pissing and shitting on each other, little doggies. It was horrendous. Like my poop smelled like the dog for days. Like it totally, if you, <laughs> if you need proof that like your biome, your whole stomach biome and everything like is part of your health and drastically can change based on like your diet or your, uh, even just your location, you know, world location based on where you're at. You know, if you're, you're in Europe, you're in the U S whatever, South America, I'm telling you just breathing in this dog's like fur, whatever was on him. It was insanely, it wasn't like a horse, just like manure smell. It was crazy. It was straight barnyard and my poops reeked like barn. And then it's like what these people that live on like farms and stuff, it started dawning on me. Like they have to be so much more healthy. They're getting all this natural and it's just from smelling it, being around the animals. Like they're getting, that's what we were, you know, out in the nature and the far, the nature, out in the forest and we're just getting all this stuff in our biome. But either way, he was such a little angel. I was like, I'm holding him. I'm like, Oh my God, he's so fragile. I saw it. And he felt like he was like shaking and stuff and just scared. Well, fast forward like 12 hours to the next day we have him and he turns into a demon, just like they had like these, if you ever had a puppy, they have like these razor sharp, like almost like a blue, blue fish or whatever. Like they're just like tiny little, they hurt like hell and he's just bouncing off the walls, ripping everything apart. Just anything you, you couldn't even touch him. It was just like, <laughs> it was chaos. And we're just like, Oh my God, what did we do? Like, we got to take this thing back. It's fucked up. Like it's not, we got a bad one. Like it's not right. He is sadistic and sick. He still got a little bit of that, but he's like, that's what my girlfriend was saying. She's like, what happened? Like, he's supposed to be calm by now. Everyone said, wait for a year. Like, he's already over a year old. He's a year and like three months or whatever. It's like, wait, and he'll get calmer. She's like, I think we need to do positive affirmation. Like, she's so funny. Like, my girlfriend's world and what she's interacting with on the internets 
is so far, I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's just so different from mine. I'm listening to like punk music and watching skate videos and watching weird, just history stuff. And all this. she's like watching positive affirmations for your dog. You're a, you're a good dog. You're a good, not like saying like, good boy, buddy. Like going like, you're a good dog. You don't like to bite people's fingers. You don't like to poop far from the house. So we have to walk and I have to freeze my cock off. You poop close to the house, poop close to the house. I'm like, I can't even do positive affirmations for my own life. I'm going to be fucking doing them with my dog. I was like, get the fuck. I was like, what are you out of your mind? I was like, I literally can't wake up and get myself to just be like, don't be a bag of shit. Be nice. Uh, stay sober. <laughs> like work out today. You're happy. Be good. Don't blame everyone for every, like, I'm going to start talking to my dog. Like make more money. I'm going to start talking to my, giving my dog the positive affirmations of like, a real go-getter, an A-type personality. Make money. Think power thoughts. My dog's going to make a lot of money in the stock market. But it's just so funny. I was like, why are you out of your mind? <laughs> My dog's going to need Prozac. He's stressed about his 80-hour uh, work week, his grind, his hustle. My dog should be hustling harder. His Instagram game is fucking weak. <laughs> Get on it. Oh, it's so funny to me. That's why I want to, I got another mic finally and a, and a stand. I want to get my girlfriend on here and just, just talk about the shit she finds. It's just funny as hell to me. I just, I love it. I love her. Love everything. But, uh, oh, my mouth is all messed up, taking those coldies, trying not to get the, the COVID. So basically, anytime I'm looking at history, which is kind of what I've been trying to do more of lately, I start realizing how useless we all are. I feel like that's really what history should be for. Just recognize the complete uselessness of yourself and of everyone. We're all useless as individuals, but you put us together you know, we're ants, you know, <laughs> like it, it's unbelievable what we can do, but this is the way I always look at it. Like anything that we take for granted, which is pretty much everything because life has become so easy for us, but like take temperature. you right. We got this blizzard and I look, I'm like, Oh damn, it's 10 degrees out. Like how do we even tell temperature? We take that for granted. We take it exponentially for granted because we don't even use thermometers anymore. You know, we just look at your phone. Oh, it's 10 degrees. I don't know how to phone. We're so detached from any information and how we obtain any of this information. It's like, I don't know. It says it's 10. You can find out any temperature anywhere on the planet. It's crazy. You used to have to at least look at a thermometer, you know, or do something. But then it's like, how did we even get to this? How do we tell temperature? I have no idea. So it's this whole idea. of like, if you went back in time, how useful would you really be? For the most part, most of us would be completely useless because everything we know is in relation to other things that people have done for us, people have discovered for us. Like if they're like, well, what's the temperature? They'd be like, what's temperature? It's like, well, how hot or cold out it is. And they'd be like, well, I don't know. You just go out. Like me being from the future, like 700 years wouldn't be of any value. I'd be like, well, 
you know, there's this thing called a thermometer. And like, well, how does that work? I'm like, well, there's this stuff in it. And, you know, somehow that stuff, it can, it's contained in glass. You know what glass is? Well, no, you, you got to learn how to make glass. You heat it up and then you melt it and you blow it and you got to make this tube. And I don't know, it's a thing. And then you put this liquid in there, mercury, but it like kills you. So you got to figure out how to handle it. I don't know how you got gloves. You need like, you know, protection, like rubber or welding gloves or what's that? I, everything you go down is just somebody else's discovery, some, a million people's work put into this stuff. And we're just the benefactor of all of it. We're useless as shit. I couldn't do anything. I can't make my clothes. I can't make any of this shit that I'm currently using in front of me. This technology is millions of people involved with it, which really should humble you and just make us so damn grateful. It's like we're connected to everyone really. And you think you're not, it's like some some dude somewhere is his job is, you know, making this iPhone camera a little bit better. And just before him, there was a million people working on lenses and cameras. And I it just, it's unbelievable. Everything we have is connected. If you just stop and look around you, just ask yourself, could I make any of this answers? Most likely I can't make this pen. Like hell, I can't get the plastic. I can't get the ink in there. I don't even know where to get ink. It's just everything. We are all useless bags of shit. But I just like it with simple stuff like temperature. I just like, you just go outside. Like, I don't know, it's cold. Like, I'd have no way of helping previous societies. I'd be useless. If anything, I'd be dependent on them. Because I'd be like, uh, I don't know, you got a phone? Like, and then this is, uh, this led me down of like ice. So just take a step back, looking at temperature. But ice is, I went down this whole thing on ice. It's amazing, which brings in like things that I hit on and I forgot about. But just with temperature, it's like looking up Kelvin. Use no fixed scale, no degrees. These proto thermometers, which we now call thermoscopes, I guess this is a thermoscope, could be used only for comparing one temperature to another or monitoring temperature changes, not measuring exact individual temperature. So I guess you could show like this thing is this. In relation to this, it's more, you know, it's hotter or colder, I guess. 2000 years ago, the ancient Greek engineer Philo, or is it Philo? Philo Doe of Byzantium came up with what may be the earliest design for a thermometer, hollow sphere with air and water connected by tube to an open air pitcher. Let's see. Middle, the markings on this scale didn't correspond to actual temperature amounts, but just different levels of hotter or colder. Okay. Early 1600s, that thermometry began to come into use. Who do we got? Italian astronomer. Oh, Galileo. That guy was up to everything. Or possibly his friend. See, this is what happens. A lot of these people get credit, and they're just taking shit off of their buddy who's, like, drank too much wine one night, and they just, like, take those papers off their desk, like, boom. Now that guy said some shit about the church. <laughs> Behead him, boom, done. It was so easy. It was so easy. His friend, Santorio, improved thermoscope. Let's see, bowl, water, wine. Test whether his patients had fevers. Oh, he was a doctor. Makes sense. Robert Flood. Oh, these are wild looking. Yeah, I guess they were, they were real famous for making glass in Italy and parts of Italy on like islands and stuff. Uh, I know my girlfriend went to like Venice and then she took this boat over and there's uh, this amazing place where you can make 
where they make, not you can, I, maybe you can, but glass, what is that? Island of Venice for glass. There you go. Comes right up. Murano. Oh, wow. That's pretty wild looking. Murano known as the Glass Island. Hosted its now legendary glass blowing tradition since 1291. Looks like a wild ass place. This thing looks like a sea anemone. Anemone. Is that how you say that? I always sound like an idiot. This is wild stuff, though. Is Oh, that's huge. That's not even like I thought it was like a little paperweight thing. Oh, my God. Look at the size of that. That's wild. I got to get here. This place looks unbelievable. I'll have to ask her more about it. I know she was like a lot of people try to get ripped off. Well, no, they don't try. They almost get ripped off. There's a lot of dudes with like little boats and they overcharge you and stuff because you need like tickets to get over to the island and stuff. They try to swindle you everywhere. Welcome to traveling. Um, oh, but back to this. Battle of the Scales. Copenhagen, the Dutch-Polish physicist, Daniel Fahrenheit. The Dutch gave us a lot of stuff. We don't give them any credit anymore. All we, all people know about the Dutch is like what we, Dutch ovens. Wow, they got the, they got this stinky end of that. <laughs> Fahrenheit inspired to create his own scale. There's something about Kelvin, though. Swedish is trying to Anders Celsius. Oh, the absolute temperature. So I feel like they needed something. William Lord Kelvin also became interested in the idea of infinite cold. Absolute thermometric scale that stated that this absolute zero was, in fact, minus 273 degrees Celsius. 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 Right, so absolute zero is where atoms stop moving, basically, because um, temperature is really just a measurement of the movement of atoms, how fast or how slow. See, this makes it sound boring, but there's a lot of, like, wild stuff going on. Like, mathematicians, Thompson, huh? Oh, his name was, these dudes had like multiple names. It was like Prince. His name was William Thompson, but he was also Lord Kelvin. This guy reinvented himself. Thermodynamic temperature is distinct from temperature based on freezing. Uh, vacuum. I feel like there was more interesting shit that went on with these guys. Whatever. Coldest place in the universe. Oh, apparently it's this nebula. The Boomerang Nebula is minus 458 degrees Fahrenheit or just a degree Celsius above absolute zero. Oh, I remember reading this. So apparently it's so cold because the gas is expanding so fast. So when gas expands... Temperature drops when you compress gas, temperature goes up. So apparently, like, there's like supernova explosions going on in the middle of this um, nebula. So the gas is just getting pushed out at such astronomical speeds that it's cooling so rapidly that it's, you know, almost atoms are almost at a standstill. That's wild. That's crazy. That's really wild. Um, there's no pictures of it. Oh, yeah, there is. 
Yeah, there is. The crazy thing is like, this isn't even happening now. It's 5,000 light years away. So this happened like 5,000, 5,000 years, I guess. Well, technically, is that how they measure it? It would take light 5,000. Yeah. Okay. So the light's getting here from five, duh, 5,000 years ago. This happened like when the Egyptians were chilling, the star exploded. Now we're just seeing it. That is always crazy to me. Um, but either way, I started looking into all this and then like, let's say ice, same thing. Okay. I couldn't tell temperature. How the hell would you make ice? And then like, where did ice really come from? And I started getting into like history of ice from this article where it was a brief history of ice. Yeah. The alcohol professor. This is a great article. This is a great idea too. putting strawberries and ice balls. I'm doing that. I'll blow some people's minds. Get out of here. This is a great article, though, because it's really about how ice was used in combination with drinks and, you know, drinking culture. Because uh, one of my buddies uh, is drinking. He broke his foot. He's been drinking a lot of bourbon because he's trying not to take painkillers. Um, you know, he doesn't want to go down that road, having previous addiction issues and whatnot. So he's just guzzling whiskey. And uh, then my other buddy sent a picture and he's got some whiskey. And then I sent it. I had a, you know, a ball of ice. And he's like, ah, oh, you're one of them folks. And I had said how, yeah, I got into it when I went to Japan uh, 12 years ago or whatever. I studied, you know, for a semester in Japan. My brother came to visit and we were up all night drinking because we were trying to stay up to go to Skigi, the fish market, the one where they sell like the big tuna. What's that? Um, fish market, Tokyo. I don't know how to spell Skigi. Sukiji. Sukiji. Disjoint. Sukiji market is where they do like all the, the big tuna, you know, they auction them off the, you know, thousands of dollars. Here you go. This, we are staying up all night for this, uh, which oddly enough, we didn't make it to that, but the market is cool anyway. So we stayed up all night. It was like 5am. We had to wait for the first train. And there's a bar underground underneath Geogalka Station. I was looking at this last night. So here's Geogalka Station. There's this place called Minton Bar. Minton. Yeah, this place is sweet. Not a bad place to have a drink at 5 a.m. Um, beautiful little underground spot. You go down these steps. You go down steps and then it's just this beautiful all woodwork. It's come 5 a.m. There's just some dude in there and his like lady and they're up close huddled, just smoking. It was so noir. It was just badass as shit. It was like, you know, talking quietly. It's just us. We order up some whiskeys. I think it was like Jim Beam. And I, they were probably like $12, but the guy had hand chiseled the ice, put it in the, I swear to God, it was one of the best whiskeys. It might've been like, you know, some kind of special gym being like 12 year or something, but I really don't think it was. And it was just astounding. Like it was so good. And I was blown away. Um, and ever since then I was like, Whoa, there's a whole other thing going on with drinking and drinks and bartending. And like in Japan, it's nuts because bartending is really a craft. It's not like, it's almost like being a pastry chef or a chef in general. It's not just like a job you do and you're kind of like, nah, whatever. I like the cash and I, I don't really want to do anything. I kind of fell into it. These dudes wear like the vests and the tie and it's a whole serious 
real, you know, profession. It's badass. I mean, there's like comic books and, and anime all about bartending and just everything. It's crazy. We were staying up to go to the Skeegee market and funny enough, when we got there, yeah, we were too late for the tuna thing or we were just like, whatever, it was freezing out. So we just wandered the fish market and our plan was like, get sushi in the fish market. You got to get sushi. We wound up just getting ramen at some like hole that's there. And it seemed like it was all like the workers were just eating ramen super early in the morning, like six in the morning. And then there's just like porno mags next to the, you know, like on the counter. So you can just like sit there and eat your noodles and just like flip through and look at like titties. It was, it's like, this is literally these guys morning. It's so good. It's just like, there's nothing better on a cold morning than a pair of tits and a hot bowl of soup. It's like, well, can't beat it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's the best. It's like, what a damn culture. Um, so either way, then that got me into like, when did ice first start getting used in drinks and like, when did ice even come about? So this guy shows like back in like thousands of years ago, the Egyptians and the Indians, they had rapid evaporation to cool water quickly. Somehow Iran developed a yakchul is like four stories high. Then it went underground and it used air circulation. Apparently, I don't know if they have pictures of this. Um, what I found interesting was the Romans and the Greeks had filled ice houses with like snow from the Alps and they used, uh, tightly packed straw and wood to create like an insulation thing. Um, then it cuts over to like Henry the third putting heaps of ice in his wine and people scoffing at that, you know, excess and luxury, whatever. Apparently Thomas Jefferson had an ice house or he was, he saw them in Europe. So he put one in Monticello, told George Washington to have one, blah, blah, blah. When I first came across ice was, uh, I was reading this book by Mark Twain. Um, was it life on the life on the Mississippi badass book? Uh, if you can get into it, it's got like a steamboat. My copy had a, I think it was like, oh, it was this. Yeah. Um, the beginning was a little dull. It's a lot of facts about, which is, you know, it depends what you're into, but it's a lot of facts about the Mississippi River, you know, volume of water, how long, which, you know, with the time he's writing this stuff, that would have been amazing. Now you can just, you know, wiki this shit. But this book's awesome. It's just about the whole industry of steamboats going up and down the Mississippi, you know, all the way North St. Louis down to New Orleans, moving people, moving goods. It was a wild time. Uh, so Mark Twain, I believe was from Mississippi and he visits these towns along there and is like blown away by the, the growth of industry, the growth of population, like German immigrants coming in, Polish immigrants, coming into these cities, uh, you know, and just the growth there post civil war. And I remember there was one, he's talking about these ice houses and how they use like the gases and chemicals. And then they have like blocks, you know, like cinder block plus size chunks cut out into the ground and they fill water and then they run the chemicals through it to make these blocks of ice. There are these ice houses. So if you go back to like, um, this, the first ice age, Apparently this guy invented a machine and nobody cared about it until this other guy took advantage of it. No, he was doing it. Frederick Tudor 
ice shipping business. Yeah, this guy, this is pretty crazy. When he started in the early 1800s, he could barely sell 80 pounds of ice in a tropical port. By the middle of century, he was shipping over 50,000 tons of ice all over the country. So obviously they improved, they improved the technology, but also um, shipment techniques. And they started building like ice trains and the trucks and all that shit to ship it, which is pretty wild. Um, but that's why they used the big blocks of ice, because that's what the bars and stuff had. It says here, uh, foreign traveler compared to what you were. So the American water was clean. So they cut the harshness of liquor and integrate sugar. Water was added to cocktails. Okay. So this was about, um, they used to use the big chunks, but then it made the drinks too cold to put like rock sugar. They used to put like sugar in the drinks to sweeten them. So that's when they started using like simple syrups and bitters and stuff. And then after world war two, it says that people had more access to refrigerators and like in-home ice machines and stuff like that. So they started using the smaller ice and they're saying that's like when it really ruined cocktails. Cause this, this water, it wasn't, or the ice wasn't as good. It's not as clear. It's, you know, the way it freezes makes it cloudy. And, um, also, you know, it gets tastes from the freezer and stuff. So this was like a different period of drinks in the U S and now it's like, you see everyone going back to using the large chunks of ice, you know, hipsters say what you will. They bring up some good shit, but I think it's more just people having access to like culinary culture, foodie culture, the food network, these chefs who know, you know, go and travel and show people because that's how I figured it out. They were doing it in Japan. I was like, holy shit, this is so much better. And, you know, I learned quickly that it was because it dilutes it less and it melts better and slower, but it looks better. Like these guys, cut it in a way that it makes the drink look better. So I went down this hole. There's this dude, this guy's awesome. Um, samurai bartender. There it is. Comes right out. I was watching this shit until like one in the morning. I swear just yesterday, this guy had 155,000 subscribers. Now he's got 12,000 more. I wouldn't be surprised. These videos are awesome. So, um, let me, I don't, I'm probably not gonna be able to find it now. And, he chisels this ice and it's mind blowing. There's a lot with ice though. Oh my God. Which one is it? It's so good. I don't think it's this guy even making these videos. I think it's like some filmmakers decided that like this guy was awesome and they wanted to just film him. Maybe it's his idea, but it seems like it's just so amazing. I should now this isn't what I want. I don't know how the hell I'll find it. It was amazing. What did he make like this vodka drink or something? It was mind blowing. Oh, this thing, this is so good. But then the coolest thing about this guy is it seems like they're just talking to him about whatever. And he makes ramen noodles, like instant noodles, but it's mind blowing. It's like, it's as beautiful as the ballet. It's like, he's doing the tea ceremony, like the way he pours the tea kettle. It's, it's just, everything is, there's no energy wasted. Everything is done perfectly. And just, he's got full awareness. What the hell is this? This isn't what I wanted, is it? Oh, it's showing him making this drink. I don't even know what it is, but it looks unbelievable. It's, oh, it's like vodka 
that orange liqueur stuff. But just watching this guy work, it's so like ASMR out the ass, I guess, which I was never into that stuff. But this dude crushes it. I don't know if I can have the audio on. Maybe not. Just everything he does. Look at the way they pour. Everything is just perfect. These guys are just masters, masters. They they approach it like people approach being like a sushi chef where you're like an apprentice. You'll see in a lot of these videos um, when it's like during the actual day, there'll be like another younger bartender who's like their apprentice. It's crazy. And then a lot of these guys go on to start their own bars. He like rims the glass with sugar and lime. Just watching these, you'll learn. But some of these interviews you see, these guys get like special ice made. It's 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 hardened for like 24 to 48 hours. Apparently, the longer you freeze it, the harder it gets. It's better. It's clearer. It's pure. I love the shake. The, sh the shake these guys do. It's, it's such a damn performance. It's a little much for me with the shake. You know what I mean? But watch, he, he like slows down at the end and stuff. He's got like a whole... There's a different shake for different liquids too. The one guy says like darker liquors, he he shakes a certain way. It's about adding air and foam. You can say it's horse shit until you try one of these drinks though. And you're just like, whoa, it's, everything about it is just elevated. You know what I mean? We had, we had, I'm not even like a martini person. I never, I don't care. But in the bar where they filmed, um, Lost in translation at the top of that hotel. What the hell is that place called? Um, hotel where Lost in Translation was filmed. We went into the bar, the, the Park Hyatt. The Park Hyatt bar. Oh, uh, yeah, this. This joint. We went in here and had some, it costs like 20 bucks just to get up there, but there's like a live jazz band and you know what I mean? We went up there like a couple of crumb bombs. We threw our suits on my buddy who had like a suit that he was wearing that he bought at, um, at a thrift store. It, it was baggy, but that was the look anyway then, but he bought like this thrift store suit. He walks into the joint hand in a bag of chips like just crunching and munching chips to go through the, the hotel lobby. He's got a can of beer in there. I'm like, what is this? Dude? It was outrageous. I had to let him borrow a shirt too. He didn't even have a shirt. It was crazy. When you get in the elevator there, it's all like hardwood. It's just mind blowing. You know, fuck it. I want money. Money is awesome. Fuck it. But, <laughs> but this place is beautiful. We got martinis there. Like I think it might've been like the cheapest drink or just, Whatever. It was like, I don't know what the hell to get. Sure, a martini. It was unbelievable, though. It, it was, I don't know, it's just straight up gin pretty much and like an olive or something. But like, whatever they did to that, it like made my face numb. It was mind blowing. Now I want a martini, but a good one. But this place is really special and beautiful. Uh, we had some cigar. I think we ordered cigars with it, too. It was great. Ain't that great? You can order a damn cigar in a place with a drink and just enjoy it. Nobody's fucking chapping your ass about it. God damn. It is. It's something. Oh, here's another cool angle on it. Oh, these pictures. Oh, there you go. It's something else. You got to do that shit every once in a while. You know what I mean? You can't just go out and blow money. 
but just taking your time, going to some special place. It's got to hopefully be more historical. You know, it can't just be like, this is the most famous place in the city right now. This is in, it can't just be expensive for the sake of it. It might still be good, but I like, um, on Shanghai, before we moved home from Shanghai, my buddy's, uh, aunt like works for Hyatt, I think. When she came to visit, she told him there's, cause Shanghai is very old. There's a lot of history of different populations living there. So there's a lot of like cool old architecture and stuff. But, uh, what is that one place? Old hotel bar in Shanghai. Uh, the Waldorf Astoria. Jeez. I think that's it. I'm sure there's a lot. Astoria, Shanghai, Bar. Oh, is that it? Oh, man. We went here. Yeah, that's it. Oh, damn. Look at this place. Gorgeous. Look at this shit. We went and sat right by this window. You gotta go treat yourself. And then what you're surprised is these places, damn, I should have spent more time in there, like filmed or something. You find these places aren't even all that damn expensive comparatively. Like when you're in a city that's already expensive in New York and LA, you're going to get fucked on price generally everywhere you go. So you might as well go to something that's historical and the best and just cool. You know what I mean? Oh, this place just. Everything about this place is beautiful. The leather, the chairs, the whole drink. We went in the middle of the afternoon and me and my girlfriend had the entire place to ourselves. We ordered drinks on happy hour. They were like half price and they were no more expensive than anywhere else. They might've been a little tinier though. You, you know, you're not getting a full pint. You're getting a smaller beer maybe, but it came with like a glass of like olives and like snack. It was like just the experience was unbelievable. You got to do that stuff. Like that's what just life. It just sprinkles in this zest. You know, it's the seasoning. You got to just do it. Act like a phony. Who cares? It's great. You know, fake it. It's just so much fun doing that shit. That's what we used to call suiting up in Tokyo. Like we were bombs, 20 years old, just animals drinking like the $2 sake that comes out of a vending machine, just slamming it, drinking whiskey, cheap ass, like convenience store whiskey in the bathrooms and like some of these rock and roll bars and shit. Uh, you know, but then we would suit up every once in a while and just put suits on and basically just go out and be characters. People like thought we just had jobs there and like we were successful. It didn't matter. You just, it's, you just exude it. The whole thing's phony. It was a cheap suit from like H and M who cares? It's such a goddamn blast. Um, but back to this dude, this guy, if I can find the video where he makes ramen, it's crazy. It's like, oh, it says beer. I'll be able to find it because it says beer. Here it is. He just pours a beer and makes instant noodles. And it's just mesmerizing. Like you can find things in life. Stay bar. I guess that's the name of the bar. I would love to visit this place. I don't know if he's doing this or not. This is like him just closing up shop for the night. It's beautiful. It's just like watching this little show. It's like, it's like cheers without all the horse shit. Just give me the bar atmosphere. Let me see. Where is it? He's even got the noodles 
look, I thought he was making like something unbelievable. He's got the noodles wrapped up. Wait, oh, here it is. He's got the noodles wrapped up in a cloth like they do. Like that's how they like serve their, their way up. Oh, that's how they serve their lunches. Look at that. It's like wrapped up in a cloth. Like it's a sacred little parcel unwraps it. And I'm like, Oh wow. What's this going to be like some steamed eel or some amazing it's fucking instant noodles. Like, are they doing this to be funny? I don't know if they're just, this is just taking the piss and a gag. It's so funny. He looks miserable as fuck though. While he's, while he's uh, making this look, he looks, he's just like, my life sucks. I I live on cigarettes and instant noodle. Look, he just looks disgusted, just pissed off that this is what he's doing. Or maybe they made him do this. And uh, he's like, they're like, dude, make instant noodles like you would make a cocktail. I don't know. He looks like he just smelled a bad fart, though. But even like, look at the way he like flicks the package. Everything. Watch him pour this shit. And the music's really good. It's like this perfect jazz, which I don't want to play it. I don't know. Look at this. He's got a pour and everything. It's just beautiful. Everything he's doing. It does look good, though. I'm probably going to go make some instant noodles. And instant noodles, I will say, in Asia, there's like, it's insane. Or you go to an Asian supermarket in the U.S., there's an entire aisle of just instant noodles. Like, everything you can imagine. Shit you would never expect. It's just mind-blowing. But... I love the three minute. I love it's like, are they doing this as a gag or what? And then, but I really feel like this is dude's life. Watch him pour this beer. Damn it. They just do everything right. They definitely sprayed that. That's what they do. Little pro tip. When they take pictures of beers and shit, they spray it with a water bottle. Everything's fake. Everything's fake in life. But look at this. Oh, like marketing works, dude. I was like, I just had a, a three, three-day party fest for my birthday and football Sunday and all this shit. I'm eating, I'm drinking. I'm like, I got to get back to workouts and shit. This, that dude just poured that beer. I'm sold. I'm like, I'm having a beer with lunch. Fuck it. That's what's right in the world. But check this guy out. Samurai bartender. It, it, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know. Again, my Japanese isn't good enough to even know what they're talking about. What else has he got? What is this? What is this? Some just like seven flavored chili pepper. Oh, all right. Thanks for that. Explain that. What's he put that in there? That's what they do too. They make like meals out of instant noodles there. They don't like just make the instant noodles. They go and they get like a sausage from the, another part of the convenience store. They get some seaweed. They're getting like squid and shit. They're throwing all this stuff in there. To be honest, at the end of the day, outside of the sodium, it's probably fairly healthy. All right, it's not healthy at all. But like, you know, they're getting some other stuff in there that we're not getting in our diet, fish parts and shit. They're at least getting some protein and weird nutrients and like vitamin E from the seaweed. That's how they that's how they do it. Just bumping all sorts of weird shit into their system. I wish I could find the one where he's chiseling ice. There's another guy chiseling. Oh, I guess I can just click on it. shaved ice. Nah, I don't want that one. There's one guy This one, oh, this guy, the Ice Diamonds. This guy's killer, too. This is on Vice, I think. Munchies is like Vice's food channel. There's a lot of good stuff on here, though. But this dude says his knife, this is a little knife. He said it was like this long. He sharpens it every day. Now it's like this long. He makes Ice Diamonds. This guy looks like Rob Schneider. He's a, 
<laughs> Japanese Rob Schneider. <laughs> derp derp. <laughs> and I cut the ice. Dearly derp derp. Look at that. This guy's a master. Ice diamonds. I think this guy's bar is in Ginza, which is like a super ritzy, high-end like business area. I mean, half of Tokyo's high-end business area, but Ginza's like the upper echelon of like everywhere you it's all the luxury stores and all that shit. I don't care. I didn't care for the area at all. I found it depressing. And uh, we went to a couple of bars there where we wound up hitting up like happy hours where everybody got out of work. And it was interesting to get like pushed into that mix. We're just like, oh, like it was all employees that knew each other. Um, but it was odd for us because it was just like, what is this? This isn't people that are just out. It was it was just it didn't feel right. <laughs> Plus, I didn't want fancy. You know, it got to the point where we wanted just holes in the wall. God, I love this place. This guy's got a weird shaking too. <laughs> so odd. Turns out then you watch the end of the video, the dude doesn't even drink. He straight up says like, he's like, I don't even drink alcohol. And the person interviewing him is like, what? He's like, yeah, I just, it's, he's like, for why? He's like, it's just my constitution. The guy says he can't drink. He's just biologically can't drink, but he tastes them all. Before he uh, shakes them, he says, that's the trick. You got to, or you got to shake it, then taste it and see what it needs. You can't pour it and then taste it. Obviously you're tasting somebody's drink. It seems pretty fucked up. Um, but isn't that weird? You could be a master at something and you don't even drink. Like, how do you, how do you know? You would think you would need to be, you know, a bit of a, a booze hound to really appreciate. Like, how does he know what whiskeys and stuff work? I guess just from tasting them. But the ice, I'm, I'm getting into making clear ice too. Apparently there's a way you can do it is you just put, you get a small cooler and you take the lid off and then you fill it with ice. And then you just put that in your freezer for like 24 hours at least. And it freezes differently. Ice trays freeze from like, I think the inside out and a cooler will freeze because of the insulation. It'll freeze down in like a perfect layer something which makes it clear I think you can also just take a blowtorch, but maybe not because I know you can do that to enhance it. Like if it's a little frosted, you can blowtorch it, but I'm not sure you can take ice freezed in a way that isn't proper and then just blowtorch it because it's inside. That's like the impurities, the bubbles, the air gets trapped, makes it cloudy, but it is impressive when you have a drink with clear ice. It sounds stupid. And it's one of them simple things is like, I have an extra freezer it's kind of stocked with food, but I might as well try and it'd be pretty cool. I want to get into like chiseling shit. It's not so much to be a jerk off. Just like, oh, I only chisel my ice. You know, I'll drink something with just some ice thrown in there, but it's just like, um, instead of just like slamming booze, I'd rather kind of make it an enjoyable experience. And it, it's not extra work. If you're kind of engaged with it, I, I tend to, you know, I want to make something that I care about just like this bartender dude, not always, but sometimes I want to engage with what I'm doing and really appreciate it. Kind of just get more out of the experience instead of just, you know, throwing back booze. There's a time and a place, but ice thermometers beats me. I wouldn't have a clue. Bring the ice to the people faster, but not better ice at home. Second ice age. Let me go back to this. This is kind of cool, though, where they put like the stamp in there. How the hell do they do that? Stamp your ice. Oh, they sell it. Custom ice stamp. 
My thing is, it doesn't look like it's pressed in though. Like, do they heat it and then you just press it in? How does that work? Thanks, YouTube. Oh, shit, balls. How do ice stamps work? Ice stamps demonstration. These ads are killing me. Another show with boobies, of course. It's all people really want. Boobies and dicks. What do we got here? You just hold it in. It's just the pressure. He didn't heat it up or nothing. I guess it is just the pressure that, you know, ice melts from pressure of you pushing, pushing in. Still wouldn't think. I think you would want to just heat it up a dab. I guess the ice is soft enough at this point. It's pretty badass. I wonder how long it stays. What's that one say? I don't know. Oh, that one's rounded for the ice. Oh, it's so awesome. I love this shit. I don't care. I'm easily impressed. That's awesome. Ice carving and cocktail craving is sixth in Chicago. What is that? Wood carving towns. I don't know. Really into ice. If you don't drink whiskey uh, with ice balls, just get it. Try it. It's amazing. Like my buddy was like, oh, I only got into it like last year. So did I. I never had them. I tried to make, you know, figure out my own ways. I never had the ice balls, but I would get them for other people. I also thought it was like, if I have these, I'm just going to drink a lot more, which did turn out to be true. Like my, me and my girlfriend were living in this one uh, spot temporarily. I found I had those ice balls. Like when I put them in there, I was like, I'm getting those later. And there's only one, one thing they're being used for. Uh, she would actually put them in like, wine too which i guess it waters the wine down less so it makes sense and it does look cool but when i get one of the ice balls like i'm drinking until the ice ball's gone you know it's like it gives me a uh, license to drink until that ice ball's gone which is not good um so it'll make you drink more for sure look at this shit that's wild people do crazy shit man i wish i was good at something well that's it for today just Remember that you're all, we're all useless piles of shit. None of us could really contribute much. There's a handful of people, you know, it depends what you do. You go back in time, you might be able to help out society. But the more I think about it, the more I do realize everything I would do for people is in relation to something else. Like I almost, if we invent time machines, that's how quickly we would just stop going back in time. We'd be like, ah, I went back. They hated me. I couldn't do shit. I left. It was, a, it was a nightmare. I don't know. Asking about ice and temperature. I took a laser pointer. Like, I think that's a family guy thing. You take a laser pointer. You're like a wizard, but I would, uh, I'd reckon that I'm not going to do my, I'd tell them how to make clear ice, but not how to actually make ice. I was like, well, if you got a cooler in a freezer, I could teach you how to make clear ice. It's like, and then you stamp the drink and that's when they'd murder me. If I lived in any other time, but now I'd be dead for a fact, not just because I'm like, I couldn't take care of myself because like people were stabbing and shooting. And it's like, you say the wrong thing. I'm too much of a smart ass. I'd say the wrong thing immediately to everybody. 
like any any of those times where there was kings, I'd I'd offend somebody, they'd chop my head off. It would just be enough. I would never make it. Or I'd have to just have a craft and just stick to that, like whatever, metal work or something and just do that totally, you know, be an artist. Even then, the artists, half of those, they were murdered. I don't know. Don't go back in time, I guess is my point. But I guess that's enough of this shit for today. I was trying to end on a high note, on a bang, just wrap it all up. We're all useless. Just remember everyone, your clothes, your everything came from other people. So you're not hot shit because no matter what you do, everything around you was contributed from the mental and physical work of millions upon millions of all of human, human history and human ingenuity and skill on our own. Nada. All you can do on your own is make poop. And even making poop, you need food to make the poop. And you get your food unless you're growing it yourself, getting it from a store. And that involves a million other people. It came from, you know, people's hands in a factory or whatever. So just remember, you can make pee-pee on your own, I guess. You can get water on your own, more or less. So you got that going for you. But that's it. That's enough of this shit for today. I'll see you next time. Rock and roll, baby. I gotta get a Sambo. Here's the thing. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. thinks not doing shit's easy, but it's not. Uh, I'm gonna get weird. Go paint some stuff. That's enough of this bullshit for one day. Sometimes you just gotta slam them fuckers. Oh, sure.